رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي السلام عليكم How are you guys doing? You guys okay? MashaAllah. First and foremost, my brothers, I wanted to apologize for being late. There was an issue I had to deal with between uh, two people. Big problem. So uh, I apologize for the delay. A um, couple things. So first and foremost, the reason I was telling everyone to come together is because when we sit in a gathering of knowledge, it's always good to be close and for there to not be any gaps. There's a hadith for the Prophet when Jibreel came to the Prophet in the form of a man. And Umar, when he described Jibreel, when he came to the Prophet to ask him questions, he said, He made his knees touch the knees of the Prophet. So, don't worry, there's no LGBT here. It's the Sunnah. Coming close, inshallah ta'ala. The Sunnah of the Prophet is something that we should follow, brothers, to the dot, to the letter. You know, the Prophet told, told us everything, even how to use the washroom. Sufyan Authority used to say, if you can scratch your head with the dalil, scratch your head with the dalil. Obviously, you don't need an evidence to scratch your head. Point being, that you should try and find an evidence for everything that you do, right? Okay, guys, the poster, what did it say? What did it say? The exclusive club, right? Allah's special ones. Who are they? What do you guys think? Anyone have an idea what it might be? Sahaba. Sahaba, definitely. From Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's close ones. But there's a hadith that talks about a unique people that are exclusive. Sahaba from them. But look at this. Are we from Sahaba? But this is a unique group, a club that even we can join. Even though we're not Sahaba. Ibad al-Rahman is definitely a unique club, uh, sorry, unique group of people. But there's a, a particular group that Allah, the Prophet mentioned in the hadith, they are Allah's exclusives. They are odia, but it's, that's still a bit broad. I was going to say um, us. Us? Inshallah. We hope so, yeah. The people of the Quran. Yes, it's the people of the Quran. There's a hadith from the, of the Prophet narrated by Anis ibn Malik radiyallahu ta'ala anhu. It's in the Mustadrak of Imam al-Hakim. Where the Prophet says, Inna lillahi ahleen. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Inna lillah for Allah. They are a group of people. There is a group of people that are specifically, exclusively for Allah. Guys, the lamb is a, is a very beautiful letter in the Arabic language when it comes in this way. Inna lillah. Well, when you say alhamdu, lillah, what are you saying? You're saying the hamd, the praise is exclusively only for Allah, no one else. In lillahi, certainly for Allah, there is an exclusive group of people. Min nas they're from mankind. Sahaba, when they heard this, remember the Sahaba always wanted to be from the best. So they asked, they said, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, men whom, who are they? Who is this exclusive group? The Prophet said, whom? They, Ahlul Qur'an, are the people of the Qur'an. They are the people of the Qur'an. The people of the Book of Allah. And then the Prophet ﷺ gave a unique description. He said, Ahlullahi, they are the people of Allah. وَخَاصَتُهُ They are his exclusive slaves. They are his exclusive slaves. 
specific slaves. Now guys, how do we get to be from these people? Well, firstly, we need to understand the hadith, right? What does it mean that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's slaves are Ahlul Qur'an? What does it mean to be from the people of the Qur'an? Who can tell me? Yes, sir. Very beautiful. Notice that our brother, he mentioned, it's the people who read the Qur'an, they memorize the Qur'an, and they implement the Qur'an. They act upon the Qur'an. It's not just words that they recite with a pretty voice. Nowadays, we have a movement of people on Instagram, on TikTok, they upload recitations, they do live streams maybe together. Look at us, we're Ahlul Qur'an. And it's a pandemic all over the world. But he's clean shaven, he's listening to music before and after, he's free mixing with girls. Akhi, having a pretty voice doesn't make you Ahlul Qur'an. Ahlul Qur'an means that you recite the Qur'an, you implement the Qur'an, the way it deserves to be recited as Allah Azza wa Jal said in the Quran They are they are the ones who who recite the Quran. They were given the Quran, they were given the book, and they recite it. They recite it the way that it deserves to be recited. Guys, what does that mean they recite it the way it deserves to be recited? Okay, so that's the answer I was expecting. But it's not actually the case. Nowadays, if a person makes a mistake, he gets his ikhfa wrong, his ikhfa, his idgham, qalqala, he misses it. Right? You say he made a tajweed mistake, he recited it wrong. If a person recites it with tajweed and his what? Makharij al huruf is on point and it sounds good, you say, you've read the Quran the way it deserves to be recited. But that's not how the Sahaba understood this ayah. <coughs> Guys, I want you to understand something. You see, our Quran and the Sunnah of the Prophet, it can't be understood on our own attempts without the Sahaba of the Prophet Every day in Surah Al-Fatiha, what do, we, what, do we, what, do we, what do we make dua for guys? There's a dua in Surah Al-Fatiha, right? What is the dua? The dua comes after that. المستقيم. What does that mean? Oh Allah, guide us to the straight path. Okay, pay attention with me now guys. What is a straight path? Everyone claims to be on the straight path, right? So Allah is going to lead us in darkness. He described who the straight path is. How did Allah describe the straight path? Look at the next ayah. Salat al-Ladheena alihim. Allah said, it is the path of those who Allah has given ni'mah. Allah who He has blessed them. He's given them His favor. You know what's amazing about this? Is that Allah didn't describe the path by what it looks like or the particular actions to do on the path. Allah described the path by the ones who walk it. Like imagine you say to me, Akhi, where's the road to the school? It's the road with the kids wearing the uniform. Right? 
If I ask you, Akhi, where is the building site where the work is taking place? Do you see the guys with the crash helmets? That's where it is. Because you can't miss it. Sometimes you might get the actions wrong, but when you know this is who the people are that are on this path, it's easy to catch them. Okay. Sirat al an'amta alayhim. The ones who Allah has what? He's given them his favor. He's given them his ni'mah. Okay, there's an ayah in Surah Al-Hujurat. Where Allah describes who these people are. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He said, وَعْلَمُ أَنَّ فِيكُمْ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ Allah said, know that from amongst you is the messenger of Allah. So who's Allah talking to? When Allah is saying, amongst you is the messenger, is the Prophet here right now? So this ayah is talking about who? Sahaba. وَعْلَمُ أَنَّ فِيكُمْ Allah is talking to the Sahaba saying, The messenger is amongst you. And Allah made you, 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 Sahaba, Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali, and the rest of them. Allah made Iman something what? that you love. And Allah beautified Iman for you. And Allah made you, Sahaba, hate kufr and shirk. And he made you hate major sins and minor sins. Then Allah said, Ulaika humur rashidun. They are the ones who are rashidun. Guys, there's a difference between huda and rushd. Huda means guide, to be guided. Huda means guidance. Okay? A person who is guided, rushd or rashidun, these are the people that are not just guided, they guide they're guided to the highest level in the deen and the dunya. In the, in the dunya and the akhirah. That's why when you hear about the four khulafa of the Prophet Abu Bakr, Umar, Uthman, Ali. Khulafa al-rashidun al-mahdiyun. They are the... They're not just guided. They're the epitome of guidance. That's why the Prophet said, iqtadu alladheeni min ba'di. Follow the two that came after me, Abu Bakr, Umar. These are the ones to follow. So, ulaika humur rashidun. These sahaba, Allah is saying, they are the ones who are guided. Ihdina salat al-mustaqim, guide, Allah take me to the straight path. Guide me to the straight path. Here are the guided ones. But then Allah said, Surat al-Ladina na'amta alim, the ones who received ni'mah, right? The ayah, look at the next ayah. Fadlan min Allahi wa ni'mah. They are rashidun. They have been, the sahaba, iman has been made beloved to them as a fadl, a virtue from Allah. Ni'mah. And a blessing, a favor. So when you say Sarat Alladina Amta Alayhim, Allah take me to the path of those you gave ni'mah. Here Allah is telling you who the ones are that got ni'mah. <laughs> it's a sahaba. So guys, every, what I'm trying to make you understand here is that in Surah Al-Fatiha, Ihdina Sarat Al-Mustaqeem, Allah guide me to the straight path. Sarat Alladina Amta Alayhim, Yani, a sahaba. And of course, it's not just a sahaba, it's the prophets who have been given favor and the truthful ones, the Siddiqin, the Shuhadan, the Salihin. Point being that we were told. We, we were taught to make dua in our salah to be guided to the path of the Sahaba and the Prophets. Okay, good. Why did I say this to you? Because when it comes to the ayat of the Quran, we have to look at what our Prophet وسلم, said in his sunnah about this ayah. Then we have to look at how the Sahaba understood this ayah. We have to look because they are the most guided. They understood it better than me and you. So whenever someone says to you, follow the Sahaba, or another time you may have had, follow the Salaf. It's the same thing. 
Salaf of the Sahaba. Sahaba the Salaf. What we're saying is, look at their understanding before mine and yours. Me and you can get it wrong. Good. Come back to that. Allah said there are people who are given the book. They recite it the way it deserves to be recited. And anyone who disbelieves in the book, then they are those who are lost. What does it mean to recite it the way it deserves to be recited? Is Tajweed part of it? Yes. Is it the only part? No. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiyallahu who was from the Sahaba of the Prophet, who said that there's not an ayah in the Qur'an, except I know where it came down, when it came down, who it came down. And if I knew anyone more knowledgeable than me in the Qur'an, I would have gone to him. He said, to recite it the way it deserves to be recited means that whatever Allah made halal, you make it halal. Whatever Allah made haram, you make it haram. You do not divert the kalimat, the words in the Quran, from their places. You don't misinterpret it in other than the way it was sent down and revealed and intended to be understood. And you implement it and you act upon it. So then guys, when Allah is saying, recite the Quran the way it deserves to be recited, this doesn't just mean with a nice voice and good tajweed. That's good. But the main thing here is what? The main thing here is implementing, acting. The recitation is of two types. There's tilawatul badan and tilawatul lisan. There's the recitation of the body and the recitation of what? Of the tongue. The recitation of the body and the recitation of the? Of the tongue. And I want to read you a statement of Imam Ibn Qayyim so you can see it's not just from me. Ibn Qayyim said, Ahlul Quran, the people of the Quran, whom al-alimuna bihi, they are the ones who have, who have what? Knowledge of the Quran. Wal-amiluna bima fi. And they don't just have knowledge, but they also implement what Allah said to them. When Allah said, Wa-aqimu salah establish the prayer, they pray. They do when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, أُفٍ, do not say off to your mom. When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And then after, when you see the crescent moon in the month of Ramadan, you fast. It's a command. They say, they say, they say, We hear and we obey, my Lord. So the people who are the real people of the Qur'an, they are They have knowledge of the Qur'an and they implement that which is inside the Qur'an. Even if they haven't memorized the Qur'an. Is everyone going to memorize the Qur'an? Should everyone try to? Oh yes. To have the speech of Allah in your heart. Like blessing. But is everyone going to be able to memorize the Quran? No. But the very least you can do is whatever I know, I implement. Whatever I hear, I do. If you memorize it and you implement it, even better. The point he's trying to make is that sometimes people memorize the Quran and they don't live by it. And sometimes people don't memorize it, but they live by it. You tell them an ayah, he takes it. He comes to a lesson, he implements whatever he learns. Then Ibn Qayyim goes on to say, 
Whoever memorized the Quran, but he doesn't understand what it means, and he doesn't implement that which is inside of the Quran. He is, sorry, he is not from the people of the Quran. Even if he recited as if arrows were coming out of his mouth. And you know when you recite sharp on point. You know, Al-Hasan al-Basri, he said, today there are a group of people that say we recited the Quran and we didn't drop even a single letter. We gave every letter is right. He said, rather, they dropped everything except for the letter. Meaning the only thing they held on to was the Alif Bata and the way it sounded. But what it means and everything else it carried, they dropped it. وَقَالَ رَحِمَ اللَّهِ أَيْضًا Imam Ibn Qayyim goes on to further say وَالْمُتَابَعَةَ The real recitation is to follow the Qur'an The real recitation is what? To follow To obey what the Qur'an says He said أَلَّتِي أَثْنَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِهِ أَلَّتِي أَثْنَ اللَّهُ عَلَىٰ أَهْلِهِ These are the ones who Allah Azza wa Jal praised فِي قَوْلِهِ إِنَّ الَّذِينَ يَثْلُونَ كِتَابَ اللَّهِ well, so that the meaning here is يتبعون, when they recite the Quran the way it deserves to be recited, meaning they follow the Quran the way it deserves to be followed. The way it deserves to be followed. They don't make things up as they go along. And if an ayah is presented, they don't what, smack their head against the ayah. The Prophet said, that the believer is like a camel held by the nose. Nose. Wherever he's pulled, he sits. The Quran is like it's got you by your nose. If it pulls you, why did the Prophet say by the nose? Why did the Prophet say by the nose? What happens if someone pulls you by your nose, my brother? What happens? It hurts, right? Do you resist? If someone put their thumb in your nose and grabbed it, thumb. And you know they're not letting go. Can you pull away? Your nose is going to rip. You're going to run with him, whoever he is. You could be stronger than him, but if he's got your nose, you're going to run with him. The believer is like the Quran has held him by the nose. Like a camel. How big and strong is a camel? Sometimes a camel is arrogant. It doesn't move. So if you hold, the Arab Bedouins would hold the camel by the nose and pull it. And the camel would, would not want the pain. So what would it do? It would run. It would run with the one holding it. So the Prophet said, Wherever he's told to sit, he sits. Imagine I take you by the nose and I drag you. Wherever I stop you, you're going to stop. That's where you're going to land, right? That's the way the believer has to be when it comes to the book of Allah Azza wa Jal. They what? Kitab Allah. They follow the Quran the way it deserves to be followed. Well, maqsood, and what is intended here is at-tilawa al-haqiqiyya. A actual li- the, 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 the real tilawa the main tilawa here tilawa al-ma'na wa-tiba'ihi tasdiqan bi-khabarihi is the tilawa where what? you believe the meanings that are inside of the Quran you implement the commands and the prohibitions and you believe whatever Allah Azza wa Jalla told you inside of the Quran so then Ibn Qayyim says finally fatilawatul Quran the tilawa of the Quran what? It's of two types. There's the tilawah of the words, the recitation of the words. And many of us have been doing this in the month of Ramadan, yes? Which is a great thing, by the way. By the way, guys, we're not belittling doing tilawah of the words. 
reciting the words every harf what did the Prophet say? You get ten rewards. And the Prophet said, I'm not saying I'm not saying Alif Lam Mim is a harf. I'm saying Alif is a harf. Lam is a harf. Mim is a harf. It's a letter. So Alif Lam Mim. How many rewards did you just get? Ten. Sorry, ten for each, thirty. Did you know the Prophet said every action is multiplied by ten? So thirty times ten is? Then the Prophet said, It can be multiplied up to 700. So what's 700 times 30? I'm not a calculator, so don't expect me to work it out. But then the Prophet said, It can be multiplied, even more than 700. So just reciting the Quran is a virtue. It is a ni'mah. It is a beautiful act of worship to do. We're talking about those who are the ones who are the people of Allah, his exclusive slaves. They don't just read the words, they know what it means. And they implement whatever is inside of it as well. Does that make sense? these people who recite the Quran, they know what it means. They are the ones who are truly the people of the Quran. Guys, now Allah says, They are Allah's exclusives. What does that mean? What does it mean? <laughs> what it means is, They are the ones Allah has specified them exclusively for extra love. As in these are the ones Allah loves more than everyone else. Kind of like your family members. I mean, guys, you love me, right? You, you love me, right? I love you too. For the sake of Allah, we will love each other, right? But it's not the way you love your mom, correct? It's not the way you love your child, your father, your wife. The way you love your family members is always extra. It's just that extra. So when Allah said, when the Prophet said, they are the people of the Qur'an Allah's exclusive ones i.e. the ones Allah loves more than everyone else these ones Allah loves them more Allah has a special love prepared for them does that make sense? and when we say they are the people of Allah we say they are Allah's people what does that mean, guys? It means Allah is going to honor you. Allah is going to take care of you. Allah is going to raise you. Allah is going to lift you. Did Allah not say in the Quran? Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not say? يَرْفَعِ اللَّهُ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا مِنْكُمْ وَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمَ درجات. Allah said Allah lifted the believers amongst everyone else. The kufar are low. The believers are high. Amongst the believers, Allah said وَالَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْعِلْمَ The ones who have been given knowledge. They are not just high one level, not two levels. Garajat! The people of knowledge have been lifted above levels. How many levels? Allahu A'lam. But they're just high. Guys, when you go into Jannah, inshallah, on the Day of Judgment, you're going to be told, Iqra, waratil, recite, warfa, and ascend, go high, wartaqi, go up. Imagine. There's how many of us? There's like 30 of us here, right? And all of us start reading. Say, some of us know Juz Amma. Some know Juz Amma, Juz Tabarak. Some know Surah Al-Baqarah as well. Some know Surah Al-Nisa. And as we read, everyone's going up, up, up. But let's say all you memorize is one Juz. That's it, you stop now. 
Can't go any further This is your height in Jannah And remember every level Things are more beautiful Your wives are more beautiful The houses are more beautiful The food is nicer like The higher you go Everything is better So imagine One of you reciting mm, Okay I just I just Had up to Surah Al-Duha So I have to stop now Other ones like I went all the way up to Surah Al-Naba Imagine You're seeing your friends Just rise above you And you're thinking mm, Allahu Akbar Wonder what he has up there Inshallah you won't think like that In Jannah Everyone will be happy But the point being is that Guys you want the highest station You want what the highest station But guys also in this life Allah will honor you There's a hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Where Umar said I heard your Prophet say Bihad al-kitab Yarfa'illahu aqwaman Wa yada'u bihi akhareen Or kama qal It's to this Quran Allah will lift people And it's through this Quran, Allah will drop people and belittle people and humiliate people. Guys, through the Quran, you can be lifted to places that you can never go. Have you heard of a man called Ata ibn Abi Rabah? Put your hand up if you heard of him. He was, Barakallahu Fikuma, he was a slave. He was disabled. And he was what? Blind. And he was a non Arab. Can you imagine him being respected amongst the Quraysh? Guys, ask your question. It's a very nasty thing that we do. But do we respect disabled people? As in, sorry, not, that's the wrong question to ask. But do we like honor disabled people? When you see a person who's disabled, do you automatically think, let me like honor this person? You should. But do we think like that? No, we, do, we don't necessarily think like that, right? If you see a blind person. No, the people that we honor, unfortunately, are sinners People that are nice, big, strong, handsome, beautiful looking Lineage, money, cars, clothes, Lamborghini right? These are the people that we honour Yes or no? So can you imagine right now That there's a person He's not from your country He's not from your ethnicity Then he's disabled He's blind And he's a slave You just walk past him But imagine now if I told you This man Despite all of that People from Around the world Would cut through desert Strike the backs of their horses So they can get to him And sit at his feet He was the Mufti of Mecca At the time of the Salaf He was the Mufti of Mecca What lifted him and honoured him? The knowledge You have a question? Yeah, sorry. Yes in Jannah? Allahu Alam, there's an ayah in the Quran where Allah says, You'll be with your love, you'll be with your family members. So you could be lifted if you have righteous family members. Also, the Prophet said, A man is going to be with the one who he loves. And Anas ibn Malik said, I was never happier than that day. Because I knew I love the Prophet so I'm going to be with him. So, but here's the thing: having love for the Prophet would naturally be love for the Quran. People who really love the Prophet are not distant from the Quran, and people who have family members that are righteous are themselves going to be righteous. Does that make sense? So, these are indications. But generally speaking, we will have to put the work in ourselves as well. Now, but Allah knows best. These are just some evidences. Allah, if it suffices.
Point being though, guys, where was I at? What was, that, was, that, what was the point I was making? Was that true? Right, so the tabi was raised. Right, he was raised. And then Abu Lahab, who was from Quraysh, the uncle of the Prophet was humiliated. Allah said, May Abu Lahab perish, may his hands perish. And we recite every day, little kids, little, imagine little kids. This man was a big chief amongst the Quraysh. And little kids, five, six year old, like, it didn't benefit him, Abu Lahab. All of his money didn't benefit you, bro. Your children didn't benefit you. Like little kids, like look at the mockery, look at the humiliation that Abu Lahab faces. So this man Abu Lahab was high in status, but because he turned away from the Quran, he was humiliated and thrown. And Ata ibn Abi Rabah and Salman al-Faris, Bilal, slave. Look at this. Look at this. Bilal used to crush him with a rock on his chest. He used to say, Ahadun Ahad, Ahadun Ahad. That's all he knew. Right? Allah is one, one and only. Allah is one, one and only. They crushed him with a rock. They wanted to try to kill him. Or they were torturing him. The same man that would do that, what did Bilal do? He killed him after the Battle of Badr. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud was what? Beaten in the streets of Mecca because he recited Surah Al-Rahman. They beated him. Abu Jahl turned away from the Quran, right? One time Abu Jahl was at the Battle of Badr and he was on the floor. Abdullah ibn Mas'ud climbed on top of him. Abu Jahl, still arrogant man, he said, you've climbed something that's very high for you. He's dying. Point being that Allah honored him above who was the one who had the last laugh? Who was the one who had the honor? Uh, Abdullah ibn Mas'ud, he's a man of the Quran. Guys, your families will respect you if you're a man of the Quran. The community respects you. Why, why do we all respect the Imam? Why do we all respect Shaykh Ya'qub? He's a man of the Quran. Allah, I'm betting. He went, took his time out, studied the Quran, right? He's a teacher. We, 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 we respect the people who have the Quran to a degree that's very high. Guys, if you want khair in this world and the next life, be a person of the Quran. And by the way, we're not running after people respecting us. That's not, that shouldn't be your objective. Objective is to be from these people. For Allah to give you that honor. That whatever problem you have in your life, you will find it will go away. Whoever takes the Quran, Allah says, whoever follows my guidance, the Quran, He won't become misguided. He won't become distressed. He won't become misguided. He won't become distressed. You're good. They're very good. Does that make sense? Khair, we, took, we, we summarized the benefits from this hadith into four. Number one, Bayan Fadl Quran, wa anna qira'atahu afdalu al-ibadat. Wa afdalu al-ibadat. Afwan. This hadith shows us that the Quran is what? Is what? It's from the greatest. It is the greatest ibadah. Some of you might say, well, what, what, what about the salah? Well, what is the salah without the Qur'an? Didn't the Prophet say, Man, uh, There's no salah for the one who didn't recite the Qur'an, the Fatiha. The salah without what? The Qur'an is not a salah, akhi. So the greatest ibadah is the salah, but what's the greatest thing that you can recite in the salah? It's the, it's the Qur'an, the Fatiha. 
And of course, the greatest amal is the sujood. Guys, why? Because this is the speech of Allah. You have the speech of Allah with you. You guys are reading books by what? Charles Dickens and and Herman, uh, 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 what's his name? The guy who wrote Herman Melville. I'm playing you guys. I know you don't even read proper English literature. <laughs> you guys are reading what? Some joke stuff. Bill Kipper and Chip and was it? Was it little Chip, Bill. Chip Bill Kipper? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Who read that stuff? Point being, guys, reading through your Instagram DMs, your WhatsApp messages, guys, why, man? That's the speech of humans. Qawlul Bashar. This is Qawl Allah. Kalamullahi Ta'ala. This Quran, it came down through the seven heavens to the heart of the Prophet. He recited in his tongue, settled in the hearts of his companions, and it reached us. It's not something that we should take for granted. The second thing is, Allah Ta'ala, that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, Yahusu Ba'da Ibadihi. He specified some of his slaves. He specified some of his slaves above others. And this is the virtue of Allah. That he made some better than others. Guys, pay attention. You know the Quran, if you want to memorize it, it's going to be a gift from Allah. If you want to learn it, it's going to be a gift from Allah. You're not going to get it just like that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Allah knows exactly where he places his message. Allah knows where he's going to put the Quran. He's going to put it in your heart or my heart. We hope so. But it depends on the state of our hearts. Guys, if you're a sinner, it's because there's something wrong in your heart. You can't do good deeds. If you can't come to pray taraweeh at night, don't take that lightly. You've been prevented from good. Allah said, Allah said, know that sometimes Allah will intervene between you and your heart. Because there's something filthy in your heart, Allah will become, Allah will intervene between you and your heart. The Quran won't be able to go into your heart, it will be blocked. So you're sitting here listening to this lecture. You're, you might sit to try and read the Quran afterwards, thinking, SubhanAllah, I want to be from the people of the Quran, but you're not able to read. You know why? Because everything that you heard, it didn't go to your heart. There was an interruption, there was an interception. Allah interrupted your heart. You know why? Because there's something filthy in the heart. That's what Allah said, Allah said, if Allah knows that there is good inside of your heart, Allah will bring you good. Allah will bring you good. So guys, we have to purify the hearts. We have to cleanse the hearts. We have to say, Ya muqallib al-qulub thabbit qalbi ala deenik. Although it turns the hearts, make my heart firm on the religion. We have to say, seek forgiveness for our sins. Guys, you should, the Prophet said, seek forgiveness 100 times a day. 100 times. <laughs> what do I mean? So guys, we have to seek forgiveness from Allah. <coughs> and then hopefully we can be from the people that the Quran will what? Will make its way inside of our hearts. Because this is a gift from Allah. As Allah just said, that is the virtue of Allah. He gives it to whoever He wills. And Allah gives based on His wisdom. The third thing is, 
صاحبه عن كل حسب ونسب guys pay attention now the third benefit that we take is that if you have the Quran with you it will suffice you from any pain and difficulty inside of your life any pain and difficulty that you have will become very very small it will become very very small and maybe in this you can understand why whenever the Prophet would go through hardship and difficulty Allah would send the Quran down to him and maybe this will help you understand that there was a man who lost his son when he was a couple years old then he lost another son and another son three sons died then his daughters grew old one of them died when she was like 22 another died when she was like 22, 23 then another one died he went to battle came back and found his daughter dead imagine burying how many of your children then his wife died then his uncle died his dad died before he was born his mom died after a couple years guys does this sound like a sad story the man I'm talking to you about is the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam but he never had to go therapy and he never had mental health and he never had to what? He never had post-traumatic stress disorder. He had the Quran. In the remembrance of Allah, the hearts, they find peace. This Quran brings you peace. Let me ask you, do you feel peaceful right now? There's a hadith, the Prophet said, there is not a single group of people that come together in the house of Allah and they sit in the house of Allah yet except that when they are learning the Quran and they memorizing the Quran in the house of Allah together what happens? the sakina, the tranquility Allah Azza sends down the tranquility he sends down the tranquility upon you. Peace, serenity. That's why you feel that. Relaxation and calm. You'll be out on the streets maybe looking over your shoulder ten times, but right now you're not, you're relaxed. The what? The mercy of Allah encompasses you and surrounds you. The angels, they come and they what? They lower their wings. They lower their wings around you. The angels are here, guys. Inshallah. وَذَكَرَهُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَنْ عِنْدَهُ Then Allah will mention you, mention you and say, this is my slave to the angels that are with him. Can you imagine that? Allah says, Bilal. It's Bilal right there. That's Bilal. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Every time you read the Qur'an, that happens. That happens. So, point being, that when you have the Qur'an, it's such a great joy that yeah, if your child dies, it's sad. Of course, if you're human, you feel pain. The Prophet felt pain. But at the end of the day, man, I've got the Quran. Yeah, your girl left you. It was a haram relationship anyway. But at least I have Allah. Yeah, your boy has backstabbed you, but I have Allah. Yeah, your health is going, but I have Allah. Yeah, business is not going well, but I have Allah. Right? The fourth thing and the final thing is that Allah 
وهم أهله وخاصته وخيرته وأصفياؤه فما أحق من علم كتاب الله أن يزدر يزدجر بنواهي ويتذكر ما شرح له فيه ويخشى الله ويتقيه ويراقبه ويستحييه The people of the Quran they are the most befitting of what? Of those to have the manners of the Quran and the actions of the people of the Quran. You can't say I'm a person of the Quran, Akhi, but you're, we don't see it in your actions. How do people of the Quran behave? They're very calm, very collective, very relaxed, very what? They don't oppress people. If you say to him, something enters his heart. The other day, a brother said to me, uh, a brother mentioned that uh, he had a business partner. And the brother said to him, Fear Allah. But the brother was joking. The brother took it seriously. He said he actually started to get scared. He started to tremble. Like, Allahumma barik, that's how we should be, guys. إِنَّمَا الْمُؤْمِنُونَ الَّذِينَ إِذَا ذُكِرَ اللَّهُ وَجِلَتْ قُلُوبُهُمْ إِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ Real believers are the ones when the Quran is recited and the word of Allah is, the name of Allah is mentioned, their hearts become scared. Their hearts become what, guys? Scared. So be from the people, be from what? The people of the Quran. Alhamdulillah. Assalamu alaikum, guys. If you would like to study the Quran, then you must study the Arabic language. We currently have a new course called the Ajimi Way for you guys on the Arabic code. Click the link in our bio and join our Telegram group ASAP and check out the course, inshallah.